Instant Analysis Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, a 27-13 win for the Baltimore Ravens. Now, normally I just jump in with you guys, RDT and Banks, I'll let you give your thoughts, but I feel like we've got to now frame these conversations as we head towards playoff time. So, Banks, you've got the playoff scenarios in front of you. Lay them out to the people right now as we speak at 436 today on Sunday, and then we'll get into our thoughts on the game. But let's, let's, let's see what, what do the Ravens now have to do? Um, well, it's quite simple. You just win next week in Cincinnati and you're in the tournament. That's simple as that. I mean, it's, it's what we were hoping for going into today. And that's what we got. Shout out to the jets and only the jets for doing a job today. Um, so the other two ways given, um, I guess it was the fact that the Browns lost, the Ravens can also get into the tournament by virtue of a Browns loss next week or a Colts loss next week against Jacksonville. So um, quite a day here today, boys, uh, not just a Ravens win and a pretty, pretty steady and resounding win, but also some help uh, that I don't know. After last night, I, I was in despair. I was, I needed some help. So um I'm throwing it back to you because I, I I am set up to go rambling if, if I keep going on that. <laughs> so there it is. I mean, that's essentially what we needed to see. So the Ravens had everything go wrong last night. And if you were following Banks on Twitter, it was really one of the great roller coaster Twitter performances I've seen in a long time <laughs> in a game that was not a Ravens game. You were on one as I was following on Twitter. But now it's easy for the Ravens. Now they have to go next week, beat the Bengals, and it's over in a game that the Ravens should absolutely win. And that's exactly, if you're a Ravens fan, what you wanted um, after a win today over the Giants. And you say shout-out to the other New York team, the Jets, who um, win that game, much to the chagrin of some of their fan base who is trying to get the number <laughs> one pick. So that kind of lays out the Ravens' playoff scenarios. I always feel like we get that to the, get to that at the back end. We get to that at the front end. It's win and in. And this Ravens team continues to do exactly what they need to do, 27-13, as we said, and a pretty dominant first quarter and a half. As I think – what was it? Maybe with 13 minutes to go, you guys said, when are we ready to pod? Yeah. Um, and that's always nothing. Are we ready to pod? When I, I get the word, are we part? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I looked at it and I was like, <laughs> Oh, here we go. Here comes RDT. Here comes the let's jump on at halftime. It's over. I'm trying to get ready. I'm trying to, you know, feed my kid. I'm trying to take a nap, but that did not happen. That did not happen. Banks, you jumped in first. And you guys, you, honestly, I wouldn't have even crush your RDT because you were right. The game looked absolutely over. The Ravens were bullying um, the Giants at every turn and, and, and pretty much coasted in the second half. Um, Banks, your just overall thoughts on the statement the Ravens laid down in that first quarter. That was pretty much what we've seen the last four weeks. It's what we saw in 2019. The Ravens were the better team against the Giants. We knew that going in. That's why they were 10-point favorites. Um, and they went out and they just marched right down the field like they did. And I keep saying like they did in 2019, they just marched right down the field. I think it was 13 plays, 82 yards, eight minutes and 12 seconds, uh, just hitting all these short passes, hitting, you know, seven yard runs on first down, setting up early third, third downs when they got to third down, um, they just marched right down the field and it looked easy. You know, none of the conversions were, were, were throws or runs where it was terribly close or contested. They just had their way with them little by little all the way down the field and held the ball for the first eight minutes and 12 seconds and punched it in. And then as soon as they were able to get the ball back and do it all over again, that's exactly when I shot the text off. I said, you boys ready to pod? Because I had mentally, 
I had mentally moved on from that Ravens game to a degree. Obviously I still had it on and I watched, watched the rest of it, but my other, my attention was completely on the other screen. I was watching the jets. I was watching the Colts. I was watching all these other games because we, you know, the Ravens as good as they played on those first two drives to score those points, it all could mean nothing if these other teams don't come through for us. And we got that help today and I couldn't be happier for it. RDT, what'd you see in this one? Kind of the same thing. Like you said, like Banks was saying, um, I just didn't think the giants really stood any chance at all. Um, like, like I said, with Marty on Wednesday, I just don't think Daniel Jones is very good. Um, and credit to them, they didn't turn the ball over today. I thought this was going to be a big turnover game. I thought we were going to get peanut punches. I thought we were going to get, I thought we were going to get it all. And, and they played, I mean, they didn't play bad. It's just, they couldn't play close to anything to the level that the Ravens are on. Um, And I think we said about the Eagles game or or maybe the Redskins game, the Washington game earlier this year, it was just a very forgettable game. I feel like you're never going to look back at the 2020 Ravens giants game and be like, Oh, I really like, I'm I'm not going to take a thing away from this game. Um, It's much like the Cowboys game a couple weeks ago as much like the Jacksonville game last week is just it. The Ravens just got out in front and it just felt like it was over. They were just, they're just better. And they should have. And that's, I mean, again, credit to them because they did their job. That's what they were supposed to do. And, and Taylor, wasn't your prediction 40 to six? I think uh, something was. like that. Like, I think like 31 to six. And, like that. and so, so when the giants were stuck on that six, I was like, okay, we could get close to this. Like that, that would be, that would be <laughs> something. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought Lamar played good. It, it, like I said, uh, the past couple of weeks, he didn't need to play great to win this game. Uh, the rushing attack was unbelievable. The 40 carries 249 yards. Um, three guys over 77 yards. So um, it was an efficient day for everyone. The Giants, the Giants just aren't a very good team. Um, they got some pieces, but they're still a couple pieces away. But yeah, they they didn't stand a chance for uh, uh, you know yeah the Ravens. And I know like like Banks, you were saying everyone was kind of. I had the Ravens on one TV, red zone on another, and Mark Andrews said, I don't know Taylor if you've seen the comments. T- uh, Mark Andrews just flat out said like. I was watching the, the out of town scoreboard the entire game. So everyone knew what was it, what was, you know, what the stakes were. So everyone's paying attention. Um, and this to me is one of the most, the most fun times of the year in the NFL. Cause we're talking, I mean, we're three of the biggest diehard football fans and we're trying to figure out who's going where and what, what seed they are and who's dropping out. So it, it doesn't get much better than this time of the year. That's one of the great backhanded insults of all time for Mark Andrews to the Giants. Yeah, we were just staring at the we were just staring at the scoreboard the entire time. Uh, probably a little easier to focus on when you have no fans in the stands as it's well. Such a vibe. Um, it really, really is. I mean, that is a on the opening drive we knew the game was already over type of thing. I think when you see this line from Lamar Jackson, the Ravens are not going to lose very many games. Seventeen for twenty six, one eighty three, two TDs, no picks, not sacked once, thirteen carries for eighty yards. The Ravens are not going to lose a lot of games. I think when he's able to kind of split his total yardage in that kind of way, and then they're able to run the football like they did again, 249 yards on 40 carries. Dobbins was 77 on 11. The Gus bus, a lot of work in the second half. He had 15 carries for 85 yards to lead the Ravens. Um, Bunch of catches too. And Lamar, Lamar, yeah, Lamar made the throws, I think, when he needed to. He fit the ball into some tight windows today. Um, Andrews really only slip up of the day was not catching that ball, the sliding catch to Lamar and put in a perfect spot in the end zone uh, that would have ended the game a little quicker. I yeah. guess the Giants had a little sliver, sliver, excuse me, of life in the second half um, as the Ravens just have no cornerbacks. So you can kind of drive down the field on the Ravens. And that's this is forgettable in the sense that 
didn't learn a ton about the Ravens. I do think the one thing it was that was confirmed to me, and Daniel Jones is not very good. The Ravens are going to need a more full breadth of cornerbacks, I think, to make any kind of splash. Because against some of these teams, they don't have enough guys to cover. I mean, once once Marlon Humphrey walked off the field, I was like, if the Giants aren't throwing every pass, and that's why at one point Jason Garrett threw that throwback, like 30-yard screen when they were driving down the field. Uh, why he called – I mean, they should have just called everything. They should have just attacked – Traymond Williams attacked – uh, Averett, they should have taken all those guys. Um, I thought so, Averett played a really good game. He yeah, started yeah. to make some, you know, play with some instincts, and he, he tried to undercut some of those in routes, and uh, he was able to break them up. Uh, I think on maybe the first play of the game defensively, he may have even had a pick if if he if he is able to kind of reel it in. But I thought that he he's coming along now that he's healthy and and gets some more snaps. But you're absolutely right. I, they they need Marcus Peters. They need. Jimmy Smith, if they have that full, you know, group of cornerbacks out there and healthy, it's hard to imagine teams moving the ball consistently through the air down the field against us. Yeah, it it it, gave, it would give the Ravens uh, the more of the look of a contender. The other game I really had my eye on because now as you project the Ravens forward, you watch this Chiefs team. That's a Chiefs team the Ravens can beat if they play like they did today. I mean, Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta does the Atlanta thing where they have a great chance to win and they blow it in an incredible fashion. And today it was literally their best player this year is their kicker, Koo, and he just slices it like me on the 15th, you know, tee. Just like slice piece. It was a short one. Short one. Oh, oh, as makeable. Yeah, yeah. Maybe 40 yards at most. I mean, Matt Ryan did a great job, got him down there. Calvin Ridley makes a game-saving defensive as an offensive player play to negate a pick. And then he just missed, but, but the chiefs had some trouble. Mahomes was not as sharp. Um, Le'Veon Bell is, is not, you know, a number one back right now. And they lose Edwards Elair. It takes away a little of their versatility. Um, the Ravens, if they can get those corners back, you start to then up your expectations a little bit more. Mine have always been super bowl or bust for the year and they've stayed that way, but you look at the individual matchups and you think, okay, this Steelers team, you almost beat, them with Bob Griffin and Trace McSorley. You've already beaten the Colts. You had the Titans in a game you could have won. The one team that dominated you that's going to be in this mix is the Chiefs. And you watch them the last few weeks and you think, oh, maybe we have a chance if we can get the defensive guys back. That's why guys like Peters and Smith need to get healthy as you, I think, as you project forward towards a divisional matchup or an AFC championship game if you can get there. Yeah. Um, I do think that we'd be pulling punches if we didn't at least point out some negatives that were uh, at play during this game. The second half, they, they did kind of coast a little bit, which I guess was their prerogative. But um, the the roughing the, the punter by Justice Hill after you had three straight sacks. And that, at that moment, you're up three scores, you have three straight sacks, and the game is extremely over at that moment. You just accept your punt because the Giants were just quitting on the game. They had a long fourth down. They are just like, yeah, we're punting it, and and Justice Hill for no reason really tries to make hero play and block a punt. Didn't didn't need to see that, and then because that that drive was prolonged, there were all kinds of like the too many men and the offsides and the legal contacts and the pass interferences and all the stupid things that the Ravens were doing in November, where they shot themselves in the foot all the time. That reared its head again, and that was kind of concerning for me to see. And the other thing that I saw was. Um, we took two delay a game penalties on offense, I think, 
including one on a fourth down. Um, but it's really on offense. It seems to be a consistent pattern that plays aren't getting relayed into Lamar Jackson often, often enough or quickly enough. And I think that was the root of at least one of the, the, the delay of games. And I'm confident that all those illegal um, procedures that we used to have um, pretty consistently, I don't know that we had one today, but um, the, that's the root of that too, because players aren't getting set. They're not getting into their, their proper formation. You know, when you have more time on the play clock after getting the play in and getting into your formation, you have, you kind of have that moment to look over at the ref and he'll kind of shuffle you off the line if you're on the line or off the line and you're out of position. Um, it's just one of those little football things that I don't know who's at fault. I don't know if it's Greg Roman. I don't know who it is, but um, there are definitely some things for this Ravens team to continue to try to clean up as they move on towards more important football games. They also had a delay of game on the field goal. And I don't know if that was because the offense didn't get off the field and they didn't, it, it just like looked like they were going through the motions. As you said, this Ravens team has those hints of sloppiness that you cannot have if you're trying to win at the highest level. And against a team like the Giants, you can get away with it when you've already kind of done the job. Yeah. Also, as you said, I don't know what Justice Hill is doing. Just, yeah, just give it up. Just yeah. Give it up. Game's weird. over. Some the game weird is over. Still, I don't know why this is this is not directly about Justice Hill, but we we made the move to to make James Prochet inactive, which you know I like Prochet. I want him to get more opportunities, but you got to say that. Duvernay did a great job as a punt returner today. He at least made something happen a little bit more than Crochet has. So credit to him, but um, just, uh, yeah, Mark Ingram again, inactive too. It's just kind of interesting that what, you know, which 53 or which 46 that they're putting out there for on game day. Yeah. I, I, I thought that Ingram would get some run out today just to maybe see what he has. And maybe they don't think he has anything at this point. I, it's, yeah. it's interesting that he was inactive. As you said, I thought Duvernay was effective as a, as a punt returner. Um, I think they had had Prochet back there just because he was a little bit more sure-handed. And eventually I think you've got to get a little bit more explosive if he's not going to really contribute at all in the offense. Right. You can't just have a guy going back and returning punts. So very interesting stuff there. Yeah. Especially given that Duvernay is already doing the kickoffs. It's a little overlap for, the return specialist position. So, but that was my point about crochet. I'd like to see what he can do on offense a little more. And I think now that, you know, Boykin has kind of worked himself back into good graces and you've got Des Bryant in the mix. There's just not enough to go around for a football team that more often than not passes about 25 times a game, which is a, a healthy amount for what, how this football team's constructed. Uh, we're also now uh, in a streak of uh, five out of the last, or excuse me, four of the last five, a touchdown for Marquise Brown. Is his nickname back? <laughs> That's a great question. I don't know. Um, I think I think maybe we have to keep it away from him just because it's you got to kind of put the carrot out there. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. I mean, he he hasn't had a Hollywood esque play. None of them have been you know explosive touchdowns except for, well, I guess you could I guess the Trace McSorley one was an explosive one, and then yeah. you know had the one the last week down, Lamar. The Browns as well. The Browns Lamar. Yeah, that was like a forty yard decent play. Is is very strange for a receiver. It looks like a tight end stat line. The four four catches, twenty five yards, uh, long of nine on four targets. Yeah, but they really and Brock. One of the things that the Ravens have done a better job on in this streak, and we we I think we talked about it a lot earlier in the year. And um, Brock Huard, I think, was bringing it up a lot on the broadcast as a talking point. The Ravens were staying really on schedule offensively. 
it was five yards on first down, four yards on first down, six yards on first down, and then on a run. And then it was, you know, Lamar to Willie Sneed, first down, Lamar to Marquise Brown, first down, to Mark Andrews, first down. And that was kind of what they did on the first drive. That was what the Ravens looked like last year. Yeah. The other point I thought that was interesting, the nugget we get out of the broadcast, and sometimes you get little things because they meet with the coaches and have production meetings where the coaches and players will let a little more slip than they do in the media, is John Harbaugh said that, Early in the year, Lamar Jackson was grappling with who he was as a quarterback. Yeah. And I think we talked about that uh, a lot early in the year. And I think it, it was, you know, a talking point around, you know, people that talk about this team is was Lamar Jackson trying to make himself into more of like a Patrick Mahomes or a Deshaun Watson where he slings the ball around a lot more. Um, and to hear Harbaugh say that going into a game like this after Lamar's played well makes you think that there was definitely something to some of the mental struggles he was having, figuring out how he wanted to excel and the pressure he was putting on himself to maybe be something that he wasn't. I thought that that would, that made me perk up as I was sort of laying, watching this game that seemed over. I kind of perked up when, when uh, they mentioned that on the broadcast, pretty interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. It, you know, like you said, we had said it a few times and I did the same thing when I heard it. It was just to hear that there's an explicit acknowledgement of that fact. Um, I think it's, it's a positive because you see that there is a problem and you've kind of um, diagnosed it and, and you're moving forward and letting Lamar be Lamar. And that's the best thing of all is we've seen him run the football a lot. And geez, late in the football game there, even though they didn't end up punching it in, which was weird. Um, pretty sure Gus Edwards was totally in on that lunge for the goal line. And um, they, uh, I think the Ravens just didn't even bother challenging it because they would rather be at the one and just chew off that last bit of clock. And then they ended up fumbling it um, on the, on the mesh exchange. But um, Lamar was just fighting hard, wanting, wanting Gus Edwards to get that touchdown. I mean, he was all fired up. He was having fun. He was competing. And we see, we say it every single week when I, when good things seem to happen with the Ravens, they seem to happen when Lamar's engaged and having fun and, you know, those go hand in hand, but um for the last month or so since he came back from the COVID list, really, he's just having a lot of fun. And so are we. And it's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, not really much else for the Ravens leading up to this week since we last taped. Um, they got, it was, came out that they got fined for the COVID violations, which I think was probably was a deserved fine for yeah, how kind of skirted a drastic had issues there. there. Yeah, which I th- which I'm sure will will annoy um, a franchise based around Boston that's uh, gotten draft picks taken away for for things like that. But <laughs> ooh, um, ooh. but the the Ravens have kind of righted the ship as Joey Sly just cannot get extra points here. Oh no, he did put that in for the Panthers. Um, uh, it it looks like the Ravens have kind of calmed the ship down a bit, which is which is very they're very back nice in control, baby. Thanks to to my New York Jets. To uh, your New York Jets, as you wear, I, I don't know if that that green Titleist hat is intentional. Not to give Titleist that it's green. Very, very it. intentional. Your but boy, boy loves is that jets. boy is that a beautiful hat? And you have to say, and we hate to say it, the Steelers also do the Ravens a favor beating the Colts. You don't have to say that. There's nothing. There's no rule anywhere that you have to say that. I'm saying it. I was it's pretty deliberate in not saying it. I Did, will continue to not say it. Taylor, did you <laughs> see the uh, Did you see the TikTok that Juju posted after the game? No, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. Full group of guys in the locker room. Uh, t-shirts good for him. On. I mean, <laughs> T-shirts. The, the best was uh, the tweets after he scored. 
you know, being like Juju wanting to score and it's that kid like trying not to say anything. We're pretty good. Um, also, Bo, Bo Smolka, I never know how to say his name. Did you see this quote from Lamar? Those no. wins they're over with said the focus is now just Cincinnati. So a very Belichickian. Sure. Uh, we're sure. on to Cincinnati. Quote from, uh, Lamar, Lamar, Lamar wearing the shirt that said finish this week in the media. He's locked in. He is locked in. Yeah. Um, these were these have been big games the last few weeks. Sure, they're not playoff games, but again, very much need to rise to the occasion and deliver kind of games. And Lamar Jackson is winning them easily. So shove that stupid Lamar can't win games, big games narrative up your ass because he's doing it. Uh, by the, the way, narrative? a lot of pr- a lot of was- sorry, a lot of praise for Gus Edwards here. Mark Andrews just called him the heart and soul of the team. Wow. <laughs> Beep, beep. Uh, and uh, Lamar said he's doing it all right now. Good for Gus Edwards. That's yeah. great to hear. The Gus bus. He's he's a free agent after this year, correct? I believe so. That may be. I mean, he. I, I'm sure he can go get paid somewhere else, but it's like, yeah. is that is that going to be a? Um, oh man, who's the guy I'm thinking of? Is it going to be like a Bernard Pierce where he goes somewhere else wanting more touches, and and he gets his money, and then we we never hear from him again, or? Is that a guy who's probably better off with the with the Ravens? I think. I don't know. It's it's interesting. You never hear from him at all. I don't mm. think I've ever heard a Gus Edwards quote or seen a Gus Edwards quote. That's good point. Maybe that's me just not seeking it out. Maybe he's very very. I mean, we're just now speculating, but maybe he's very happy with this role. I mean, I think it, Ingram is going to be the odd man out of those three heading into next year if Edwards comes wants to come back. I don't think he – I mean, he's getting about – he's getting 12 to 15 carries a game in the way this is going right now. That's – I mean, you look around the league, there's not a ton – he's not a bell – I mean, he's not a number one bell cow back in the Dalvin Cook or kind of role, but he's got a pretty good role in this team right now. And he seems who, to be beloved by his teammates based on what they're saying. True, true. Um, they were talking on 105.7 about, about Ingram and how he's inactive these last couple of weeks, and they were like, well, basically it comes down to – He's not getting used and he also can't play special teams. And he probably, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, he's an older running back. He's not going to be playing special teams, but they were saying, they were like, I don't see him getting picked up next year by anyone. Cause again, it's, I mean, no one really is on the market for an aging running back like, like that. Who's, who's had injury concerns the last two years. So that, that was, yeah. that was kind of interesting. And they were saying like, it seems like the writing's on the wall, obviously. And, and he's saying all the right things as, you know, oh, I just want to support my teammates and all that stuff, which is fine. But it's like, you I, I think I think he sees. I think he knows what's going on behind the scenes. I think too. I just think it gets early, so quick or late so quick for a uh, for a running back in the league. Like it just ends so fast because mm-hmm. uh, he was so effective last year. So it, effective, except if you're Frank Gore. Except if you're he went Frank over Gore. sixteen thousand rushing yeah, yards. Yeah. AP too. Going to be one of the great accumulation Hall of Famers of all time. And it is, is he going to be? A, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Do he you think? should be. He, oh, yeah. he should be. Yeah. He's going to have what? He's got what? The fourth he's, most he's, yards of all third. time? I think third. he's third. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he said he was one of three people with over 16,000 rushing yards. And honestly, at this point in the NFL, it is a, a this is going to sound like a little bit of a hot take. It is a Hall of Fame accomplishment to stay around and be as effective as he has. And I know people hate that. Like, you shouldn't reward a guy for just being like, it should, like, Tom Brady should, obviously, he gets, he's going to be all first about all good. But to play the way he's playing at this old, Mm-hmm. you're doing things that other pe- other people have never done. Yeah. Like that is a legitimate accomplishment, at least for me. But um, mm-hmm. so, yeah. 
we will end the we end the day talking about a jet because shout out to the Jets. Yeah, the we Jets. love the Jets. My Jets. Um, as we said, next week Ravens um, back for their final game of the regular season against the Bengals uh, at in Cincinnati. Bengals who have been pretty firm in the last couple of weeks and played pretty well today um, in a win over the Texans. One o'clock in a game the Ravens should win, and then hopefully be on to the playoffs um, in a couple of weeks. And obviously we'll be around to cover all of that. Uh, show coming up. May go back listen to our episode. Got a little lost in the uh, the. Christmas and holiday sauce with Justin Tucker, who was awesome <laughs> with us um, for about, you know, 35, 40 minutes. And um, it was just, it was just great. So make sure to go back and listen to that episode. Make sure to follow the guys on social media at Barstool Banks at E D I T T. I just get that wrong. No, no, at you were, you E-D-I-T-T-I. had it. D I T T I. I think I just said it with so much confidence. I was just not used to it. 22. Uh, if you want to follow RDT, you can follow me at Taylor Smith 10. You can follow the pod at exit 52 podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks once again to Jimmy seafood for being our presenting sponsor. And we will see you next time on the exit 52 podcast.